Is this a spiritual podcast? <laughs> sure is. You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio, the realest conversation on spirituality, finding your truth, and creating a life that honors your soul. I'm your host, Megan Hale, and together we'll grow in more faith, more love, and doing our holy work in the world. We've always been holy, and we were born to be wild. Permission to be both is granted. This episode is brought to you by Wild and Holy Year, a year-long spiritual container for coaches, therapists, helpers, and healers who are ready to have their own breakthroughs so they can show up braver and help others have their own. I would love to welcome you into our Wild and Holy community. We are a thriving network of women who are ready to show up bigger and show up braver so we can do our work in the world. You can find out more info at megan-hale.com slash wildholyyear. Happy Monday, friends, and welcome back to another episode on Wild and Holy Radio. I am so excited to be introducing you to my next guest, the lovely Reshma Thacker, who is the founder of Made with a Purpose, which we're going to be talking about today on the podcast, and also her spiritual journey of arriving to her truth and her work and making a positive difference in the world. Made with a Purpose is a social enterprise committed to empowering girls and women in India with education, skills training, and economic stability. And Rashma has been making such a difference with her work that she's been acknowledged by Oprah Winfrey, MSNBC, Yahoo, The Huffington Post, Variety, and a lot of other major publications. And she's actually utilized these opportunities to launch the Belief Explore Quest with featured guests such as Mastin Kipp, Don Miguel Ruiz, Arielle Ford, Marianne Williamson, Danielle Laporte, and so many others. Reshma actually cites Belief Explorer Quest as one of her greatest accomplishments, which we actually don't dive into today, so definitely make sure to go and check that out, which is helping to replicate the journey of wonder and self-discovery in the lives of thousands of people across the world. This woman is so inspiring to me. Her heart just, I just feel like I'm always like in a hug when I am with her, so I cannot wait for her to share her journey with you. It's such a beautiful conversation, and she's going to be actually giving you a discount for her shop to help support made with a purpose so be on the lookout for that so let's get into this beautiful conversation without further ado here is Reshma Welcome back to another episode on Wild and Holy Radio, you guys. My guest today is someone that I had the pleasure of meeting this past March. We were at a leadership conference together and she got up and stood on stage and shared a really vulnerable story about herself and her family and also her work, which just inspired me to no end. And then we also got to have a meal together (laughs) and really talk about just our personal transitions and where we are and where we were going. So today I'm speaking to the lovely Reshma Thacker. I'm so excited that you're here to talk about your work and your journey and how we can help support you and your mission. So... You just moved to Dallas from California. I did. I did. Yes. A new Texan. <laughs> yes, you are. Welcome to Thank the Lone you. Star State. Thank you. And how's this transition going for you? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I was a little bit hesitant to leave L.A. Um, 
for a number of reasons. Number one being the weather. <laughs> yes. Um, but honestly, Dallas has been really, really good for me and good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have family here. I get to spend time with my nephews. Um, I found a great home. I've just, you know, met a lot of great new people and, um, yeah, such a warm welcome and a loving community here. So I'm really excited about this new chapter. I'm so glad for you because when we first met, you were thinking like, I know that it's time for me to move, but I don't yes. know where I'm going to move. Yes. yes. <laughs> and secretly, I'm really happy because you're only a couple of hours up the road <laughs> for me. So that's even better. Yes, I know. It'll be great. So how long ago did you find Made With Purpose? So Made With a Purpose started in 2010, really as a hobby. Um, I went to India on a yoga retreat and I was introduced to a school. Um, I loved what they were doing. I ended up sponsoring two kids there. And through getting to know the kids and kind of what the school does in addition to the education piece, um, I learned about one of their community outreach programs, which was to bring in women from the surrounding villages Um, to help stitch the uniforms. Mm -hmm. So each time that I went to visit my girls, I would take my stitching orders to the women at the school instead of going into the market. So initially it was like my clothing or clothing for other people. Um, They always did an exceptional job. And then I started taking old saris of my mom's um, and I had them make like pillow covers and yoga mat bags and little Mm -hmm. things like that. And then just you know, either gifting them to friends and family or people would buy them from me. And that's really how it started. So seven years later, I am uh, running an actual business and I've been able to bring the women on full time to work for me. I'm able to pay them, um, you know, fair trade or even better than fair trade wages. And it's been an amazing journey. Well, and and I think it's been amazing because you've been able to really I think impact a community of people and mm-hmm. also help that help it grow. Because I think a lot of the times we see um, like people who are doing like mission work, for instance, they go in for like one time and make it an impact and they, they leave and they, the relationship kind of falls apart, but you've done something really different in which you've mm-hmm. continued to maintain these relationships. And it's just, I mean, how is that rippling out into their lives? It's been really beautiful to watch. I, you know, it's one of those things that when you're in the thick of it and doing your business uh, to-dos, you forget to take a moment to just step back and take a look at what's actually happened over the last several years. Um, one of the things that's happened is because I was able to bring them on full-time, the school was then able to hire other women. So we're able to kind of help more people in that way. Um, my women are able to keep their kids in school because they can afford the tuition or, you know, they don't have as much stress about uh, not being able to pay for things or needing their kids help to make money. Um, So that's been huge. One of the girls is in college now. Um, And just, you know, even seeing their confidence in who they are and what their gifts are. And, oh my gosh, like that part is, it's such an intangible one, but that has been the most impactful for me because I see that they have, they have hope and they see possibility and they see opportunity and um, that's priceless. I mean, you can't put a price tag on that. Like that changes your worldview of not just of how you operate in the world, but how you view yourself. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, the impact of that 
I don't even know if you can really like even put a container around that. Yeah, you, know? you can't, you can't. It's, it's been amazing. Like I feel so blessed to be able to work with these women and, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm cheating because I get more from them than, yeah. than they get from me, but it's, it's a beautiful exchange. Well, you know what I think is really beautiful here too, is that this has kind of been a way of, I mean, I, I'm looking at this from the outside, obviously, and I see you being raised Indian American, and now it's like you're coming full circle mm-hmm. by coming back to your roots in a way. And I would just love to know more about mm-hmm. like that journey in particular. Yeah. So I was uh, born in the U.S. to my parents were immigrants. Um, we did go to India a decent amount growing up, but then most of our family ended up coming here probably by the time I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so after high school, we didn't really travel back much. We didn't have a lot of family or friends, you know, that were still living in India. Um, and then I think we went back one time when my sister got married and that was it. Yeah. Um, but I felt, I always felt really connected to India every time we went Um, I felt more at home there than I did anywhere else. And so I started going back on my own in 2010 and it was a completely different experience because I wasn't in this little bubble with my family being protected and like, you know, kind of like carted around from place to place. I was in it. I Mm -hmm. figured it out on my own and, um, I experienced such beautiful things. I got to interact with people that I wouldn't have interacted with if we were just in our AC car, you know, (laughs) driving from place to place with our family. Um, So I fell in love with it in a totally new way when I was Mm. um, an adult and going on my own. My family didn't understand why I kept going back. They were like, uh, left for a reason. We don't have anyone there. Um, But you can't, you can't ignore, you know, that feeling of connection and belonging if you feel it somewhere. So I have continued to go back and I will continue to go back. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess being brought up Indian American, it was interesting because I felt like I was straddling two cultures and I didn't really know quite where I fit in. Yeah. Um, It was definitely a struggle. And I think I felt it more than maybe my younger sister did um, just being the oldest and, you know, kind of seeing things from, from that perspective. But um, I'm really grateful for that experience now growing Mm -hmm. up. I hated it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, one of the things that we've talked about on wild and holy radio, especially is kind of how there's this, there's this norm that's presented in um, American culture of being, white, Christian, male, even like heterosexual, like there's a lot and being non-immigrant, there's a lot of different layers here that's presented of like, this is what it means to be American Mm -hmm. when that is like totally not what it means to be American. Right. And what I find really, really powerful is talking to people who come from a totally different angle and have found their sense of belonging because Mm -hmm. your experience of that is so much different than mine. And I think sharing our stories helps to not only build more empathy and, and perspective for all of us, but really knowing how valuable it is of what we're co-creating here of making space for everyone. Mm -hmm. So this whole straddling the two cultures thing, it's kind of like, 
where do you, where do you go and can you do both? Right. And is that what it looks like for you today of just really expanding to create space for both? Yes, definitely. Um, I am so connected to my Indian culture, the heritage, the, you know, the religion, all of it. And at the same time, I have kind of created my own identity with that as my base, but then taking it to a different level because you know, when we're like even talking about spirituality and religion, there are certain things that I love about my religious upbringing. And there are certain things that I absolutely disagree with. Mm -hmm. And me too. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I have been able to kind of take what I love and appreciate and that feels good to me. And then add my own, you know, just build this, um, way of living and way of being in the world that does allow me to connect with everyone, no matter what background, what color, what religion, like I want to live in an, in an inclusive world, in a united Mm. world. And yeah. And so being able to kind of live in that way and have, you know, still have a strong foundation in what I was brought up with, but um, not allowing it to limit how much love and connection I'm able to experience with other people. I totally agree. And I think one of the biggest questions that I get a lot is, was it hard for you and your family relationships when you started to pull away and start doing your own exploration? Mm. Yes. Um, Well, yes and no. I think in the beginning, I would ask questions. I was asking questions when I was a kid. Um, There were certain things about the differences between what men were allowed to do and what women were allowed to do that would just blow my mind. Like I was like, I don't get it. Why is it this way? And the answers would never satisfy me because it was always just like, that's just how it is. Yes. Accept it. And I couldn't, I just couldn't. Um, So I continued asking and I think there was a little bit of um, maybe frustration or pushback, I guess, from, uh, people in our community or in our family or whatever, but now have like, they've watched my journey over several years and now they're just in awe of, they see someone that's been able to kind of step out of this box and, and find something so beautiful and live in such integrity and like in such a loving place that I think now people see that and they, they really, um, accept it, respect it. And just they're in all of it. And they're like, okay, how do I do that? Like, I want to do what you're doing. You just seem so happy or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, so, but it, you know, it's, it's not the easiest path to kind of do those things because most people are comfortable with what they know and what they've been told. And then they don't want to rock the boat. And that's fine too. I just, I, I was not one of those people. (laughs) And I'm so glad that you, there's two things that you brought up that I'm just so excited to talk about because mm-hmm. it's very similar, like asking a lot of questions and almost to the point where like, just stop asking questions. Like it is like, stop challenging the status yes. quo. Right. And yes. I, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a rebel. Me too. But, but more than that, it's like, I really have a deep hunger to understand. Right. And when it comes to big, deep beliefs that really shape your view of God or the divine and especially yourself and the way the world works. I want to know 
why I should believe this. Mm -hmm. And just because is not a good enough answer for me. Like I really Mm -hmm. need to dive way deeper than that. And I've always been someone, it's kind of like very similar to respect. It's like respect is something that is earned, not just freely given. And that's how I feel very much with my beliefs. It's like, I have to earn those beliefs. I just don't hand them over. Right. And for a lot of my upbringing, it's like there's, you know, we're bumping heads because my parents are not that way and I Mm -hmm. am. And I oftentimes felt like, gosh, Megan, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just fall in line? Because Mm -hmm. that's what would be the easier thing to do. Yeah. But that's not who I am as a person and nor what my soul was calling me to do. And so for a long time, actually, I just cut off my relationship with God and the divine. Cause I'm like, well, I, I guess there's not a way for me to do this. If there's not enough space for me to be me. Right. And then the homecoming to that has been just one of the most beautiful soul healing journeys of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm just so glad that I, I, I don't know if it was, I didn't go, give up or God never gave up, you know? Yeah. Cause I think when you're just a soulful person, you're a spiritual person, it's like that piece of you always calls. And it's like, yeah. no matter how far you try and stay away, it's like, you just keep on leaning in. You're like, but I don't want to lean in. I just want to be done with it. Mm-hmm. And then you just start to open up to new definitions and new experiences of it. And you're like, Oh, I'm so yeah. glad you didn't let me go. You know? Yep. So the one piece that I really want to dive into though is very similar to you of these gender roles that mm-hmm. are presented Ugh. and they're, they show up in all different kinds of religions and it's crazy to me, the similarities. Yeah. Right. Yes. And it's taken me a long time to realize why so much stuff rubbed me the wrong way mm-hmm. because I was always a feminist and didn't know it. I didn't have right. the language to describe it then. And now I'm like, well, no wonder that didn't feel right for me, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And what I have found is unraveling those messages has totally given me way more permission to show up in the kind of woman I want to be and the woman I feel like, you know, I'm here to be. Mm-hmm. Have you had like a similar experience with that? Yeah. um, It's been similar. I mean, I think for at least in the Indian culture and now I, you know, I'm kind of experiencing it in two different ways because I experience it in my own life being here in America. And then I experience it trying to work with these women in India and where, where a lot of these gender roles and definitions and kind of these systems are still very much in place. Yeah. Um, especially in the more rural communities. Um, but in my own life, yeah, I mean, growing up with, you know, just being told that there's these priests coming over and you have to go sit in a separate room with the door closed, don't come out until they leave because they can't be around women. I was like, what the heck is that? Like, they're supposedly these enlightened masters who can, who have transcended you know, all of their physical desires and they can't be in the same room as a woman? Like what? Um, So things like like that would happen and they would get me so worked up and so agitated and I just would want to like fight and understand and I would want to ask questions, but like you can't because you, you are not allowed to be in the same room as these people. 
This episode is sponsored by Wild and Holy Year. I am so grateful that Reshma is bringing up so many big topics around the messages that we receive as women from all different types of angles of what it means to take up space, of what it means to be as good as, of what it means to be important to use your voice. So many of these stories are embedded in multiple layers for us as women, which is why Wild and Holy Year is one of the safest containers to learn how to be braver, to own your gifts, to take up space so you can be braver in the world. Wild and Holy Year is a year-long container for therapists, coaches, helpers, and healers who are ready to have their own breakthroughs so they can show up braver and help others have their own. The community that we're creating here at Wild and Holy is unparalleled in the high caliber of women it's attracting who are 100% committed to showing up for themselves and showing up for each other so we can be braver together. There's two unique ways to join me in March of 2018 to journey together for a whole year where we're going to show up big, bold, loud, and brave for who we are and the work we're here to do. There's the crown level and the lotus level. Both come with immense value. I would love for you to check out both of these tiers and figure out which one feels right for you. There's five spots left at the crown level at the time of this recording and eight spots left at the lotus level, which means there's space for you to come and join one of the most supportive containers so you can be braver with us. You can find out more at megan-hale.com slash wildholyyear or check out the links in the show notes. And I think that kind of spilled over into just me in general. And my parents are, you know, they're pretty awesome. Like they, they had two girls. And so we didn't, in our immediate family, it wasn't so much of a, Right. thing between like boys and girls, but in our extended family there was, and I always felt like I wanted to be heard and I wanted to have an equal place at the table. And I wanted to be allowed to do the same things just because I was a girl doesn't mean that I should be treated differently. And, um, I fought that my whole life. Uh, I still do. I think I've, at this point, I've just kind of let go of the need to get people to understand. And like you said, you just, uh, learn how to show up and yeah. you know you figure out who you are and and what you're all about and people can either respect it or they don't and that's okay like i'm not attached to your i don't need you to understand why i am the way that i am or why i or feel or give you permission to show up or give, right or give me permission yeah absolutely um so yeah it's been a really interesting journey but i feel like similar to you i feel like where i've arrived now is such a beautiful place because absolutely there's still a lot of work to do. And I feel really good about where I'm coming from. Okay. You guys, Reshma just used the and for wild and holy. So (laughs) (laughs) we talk about this concept a lot of being both and of being Mm -hmm. a work in progress and already being perfect for where we Mm -hmm. are, you know? And I think that's so important because so many of us think like the goal is to get to this destination. It's like, girlfriend, Mm -hmm. like, there's nowhere to arrive to except for here, right here, right, right. now, <laughs> you know? Right. And I think that's so, such a big piece of like spiritual work and growth and just holding con- a container for all that. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you just naturally <laughs> <laughs> brought that. just happened. 
<laughs> so when you do go back to India and you're walking into these very different cultural norms, like how do mm-hmm. you, how do you cope with that? Like, how do you, mm. I feel like that would just be, be challenging, but then also needing to be respectful too. Yeah. It's a fine balance because there's that part of me that's like, why are we like, why is this still happening? And at the same time, understanding that you have, you know, you have to meet people where they are. Like even the women in India, like Mm -hmm. outside, you know, in the more rural communities, not so much in the big cities now, but in the more rural communities, they accept it. It's, they're Mm -hmm. not up in arms about it. And so I go in there and I'm like, no, but this should be like this. And, and they're just like, they look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, (laughs) but that's not how it's done. And so I have to remember like, okay, I have to meet people where they are. Yes. I want them to grow and have, you know, the confidence and the independence and be able to support their families and stuff because most of them are single moms, um, Mm -hmm. raising their families on their own and all of that. So I want them to have everything. I want them to be able to do it all and be an exceptional role model to their daughters and and really create a whole different future and show a different kind of possibility to their, to their daughters. Um, but I have to kind of temper how I do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but you know, over the last several years, I've seen it, I've seen it work. I've seen them come out of their shells. I've seen them get fired up about not letting their daughters get married off before they're, you know, before they've graduated high school, gone to college, gotten an education. Mm. So watching that has been amazing because by just taking a step back, being patient, sharing, you know, a little bit at a time and giving them the room to kind of grow and expand and uh, broaden their sense of like knowledge and awareness about what, um, what is possible. It's just happening naturally. So yeah. um, it's hard for people, you know, like me who are just like want to get in there and just get stuff done. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's working and it's pretty awesome to witness. I think it's also a testimony for just, you know, anybody anywhere in the world of like when you're surrounded by someone who is really um, doing their own work to own their worth and give themselves permission to show up. It's just, it changes. It's a mirror. Mm -hmm. It's a mirror for what might be possible for us. And I I think that's why it's so important for us to continue to do our own work because we never know how it's going to ripple, but that it always does. So, um, how much do you think like of your, your spiritual journey at this point has really led you to doing the work that you're doing today? Oh man. Um, I think they're pretty intertwined my Mm -hmm. spiritual journey and then my passion work. Um, and it's, you know, it's, I guess my, my work probably really started or I, the seed was planted when I was a child. Um, I remember going to India and seeing poor people lined up in the train stations. And I was like, someday I'm going to come back and help these people. Mm. And at the time I thought I was going to do it by like being a doctor and helping them, you know, giving them medicine or whatever. But I think that seed was planted at a very young age of knowing that my work was here. Um, And then in my spiritual journey too, it's been about kind of um, just really expanding into Or I guess really uh, standing in your truth and and your power and like being a person coming from a very loving place, operating from like total integrity. It doesn't matter what scripture you're, you know, reading or what uh, 
picture or idol you're praying in front of, it's the intention in your heart mm. and what you feel inside and how um, just, yeah, just how you show up every day in every encounter with every person that you come across. And that is it. Like, I don't care. I don't need a label. I don't need a religion. I don't need any of that because if my heart is like in a good place, my intentions are pure and I come to you like with pure love and like well wishes for you. And I just want like total goodness for everyone and everything. Um, I think that's, that's like the world's best religion. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, wild and holy is really starting to flourish and just a beautiful community of, of women who have a passion to help other people and to help people have their own breakthroughs and to awaken to their truth and to be braver. But they also need this safe container to have their own breakthroughs, right? So they can show up braver too. And what I'm witnessing is like, when you, when somebody believes in you mm-hmm. and loves you, like if, and you only do those two things, it's like you watch the person in front of you grow and expand before your eyes. Yeah. And sometimes we, that's all we need. We just need to be poured into in that way. Yes to know that something else is possible and that we're supported. Mm -hmm. And the impact of that is just unreal. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious about for you is, you know, going on a spiritual journey and owning your truth Mm -hmm. is really a journey of how to be brave Mm -hmm. and starting made with a purpose. I know there's probably a lot of different variables and building blocks that all had to work together. There were probably Mm -hmm. times of like, can I really do this? So what kind of spiritual tools have you leaned on to just believe in this project, keep on going, to keep on doing what you're doing and growing it? Mm -hmm. So it's a mix and I still have those moments. I was (laughs) just talking. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a roller coaster. It's like some days you're so inspired (laughs) and so motivated and other days you're like, I don't know if I should keep doing this. Um, <laughs> it's tough to honestly, face for. Oh, it is. It is. And these are, you know, I think a lot of the work that women in your community, a lot of the women that we met in San Antonio, um, just women in our circles, we're out doing really cool stuff in the world. We genuinely want to make the world a better place. Yeah. And that is a big, big weight to carry. Mm-hmm. That is a big mission. And um, I think for me, it's been a mix. I think there's definitely, you know, yoga and meditation are a part of my life. And I uh, definitely go in like ups and downs with that too, where I'm very consistent and I'm not, and I go back and forth, but I can see a tremendous, tremendous difference when I'm consistent with it and when I'm not in so many ways, how focused I am, how much I believe in what I'm, you know, able to do and accomplish um, my sanity level, my right. stress level, Staying all of that. Like, <laughs> yeah, all of it. <clears throat> um, but the other part that has been super, super key for me is surrounding myself with the right people. And it doesn't have to be a lot. I mean, I have a core three or four people that I can lean on in those really tough moments where I'm just like, I cannot do this anymore. And they keep me they carry me until I'm ready to stand on my feet again. And it's so important, so important. Um, And I'm so lucky that I found those people and they've, you know, 
things have shifted along the way in seven years, a lot has changed. And um, some people have come, some people have go or they come back or whatever, but like, there's always a core group of people that I can kind of reach out to, um, to get unbiased feedback and uh, talk openly, vent, I can say or do whatever I need to do to just process what needs to be processed and come out on the other side um, where I need to be. Yeah. I mean, I think that vulnerability is huge. And, you know, I'm opening up a year long container next year called Wild and Holy Year. And the day I was getting ready to release it to Facebook land, which to me is like the world, you know, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. I messaged like three or four of my best friends and I was like, so I'm getting ready to do this. And I just need to be reminded that this is what I'm here to do. And having those vision holders, um, yes. having those people who remind you of who you are and what you're here <clears> to do uh, and being poured into in that way. And I, I look at those text messages as they you know, come back to me when I'm feeling doubtful. Their words remind me mm-hmm. of, of where I am and who I am and what I'm here to do. So being surrounded by people who see you like that yeah. and who hold the vision when you forget because we all forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the other piece that I'll say, too, and this has been a big one for me in the last, I want to say the last one to two years especially, is being open to signs. Because Mm. I kid you not, like, I laugh about this with my friends sometimes, but I'm like, I get signs and, like, sometimes they're funny, like, little. I feel like the universe kind of plays jokes on me sometimes. Um, But this week, for example, I sent out an email. I used to, I had this email list. I haven't talked to them in a year. And I finally was like, okay, I need to like tell them what's been going on because it's been a really, it's been a tough year. And I wanted to share with them kind of where I'm at and why they haven't heard from me. And um, I was so terrified, so terrified of sending it. And I sent it out and I was just, I texted my assistant. I was like, I don't know why I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. (laughs) And then it's like the, I got like the perfect bits of feedback or just somebody being like, oh my God, that just impacted me in this way. And it's like, okay, we get in our own way sometimes. And if I can just open up, even with Made With A Purpose, um, I think last weekend I did a couple of holiday markets and I I was so exhausted at the end of the weekend. And I was having one of those moments where I was like, maybe it's time to just like throw in the towel. And sure enough, within minutes, I get a message from a friend. I just received my package and I love it so much. And I'm so proud of you. And I, I just love what you're doing. I hope you never, you know, and it's just like, okay. <laughs> so these little tidbits that you just have to stay open and like recognize what they are. And to me, they're just little reminders. Like you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. It might get hard at times, but you know, people see you, people need you. And, um, yeah, just keep at it. I think that's so important because I think <clears throat> for so many of us, like we're looking for those big, grandiose moments all the time of like huge acknowledgement, huge recognition. I mean, you know, Oprah has recognized your work. Like that was a huge, grandiose moment of like, whoa, yeah. wow. And the thing is, once we have a taste of something like that and Oprah isn't calling us every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we have to like really reframe of like looking like those tiny moments are just as important. Ugh. Impacting one person is just as important as impacting a thousand, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that helps me the most is when I have those, um, 
smallest conversations. Like when a client shares, like, I know this isn't a big deal to you, but I actually spoke up for myself with my partner today. It's like those tiny moments, girl, like that's what's, that's what changes your life. Like it really, really is. And if we can start to value those small moments for ourselves, like it gives us the the mojo we need to like Mm -hmm. keep going and keep believing in ourselves, you know? Yes. Yes. So good. So I know um, this episode's coming out on Monday and I know that you have a a sale going on this weekend. I'd love for you to talk about your mission for this holiday season and how we can help support you. Yes. So International Human Rights Day is tomorrow, which I guess by Monday it'll have been passed already, but December 10th is International Human Rights Day. And this holiday season, I'm really um, encouraging people to pay attention to what they're using their money for, the gifts they're buying for people. And I think um, for me, giving gifts can be such a beautiful experience. You know, what you're purchasing, the intention with which you're purchasing it, what that represents, what that ripple effect is from that purchase. Um, It can be helping other people. And then it's got a story. So when you actually give it to the person, you can explain like, hey, this isn't just a cool candle or bag or whatever. Um, it, ha- it does so much more than that. Um, so I'm really encouraging people to just, you know, purchase things that are made fairly and ethically. And, um, you know, those are, those make unique gifts. They're fun. They're different. Um, and so, yeah, like I would love for the, everyone to go check out my site. I also have a Pinterest board on my Pinterest page with other brands that I love that are doing ethical work. Um, But our page is madewithapurpose.com. And then um, we're going to do a coupon code for the listeners. So it's going to be wild and holy, W-I-L-D-A-N-D-H-O-L-Y. And they'll get 20% off their order. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. And I think I just want to kind of wrap all that in a present for all of you guys who are listening. It's not only are you going to be able to give a very unique gift, but the impact of your dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just no way that you'll ever know how much that that will ripple out in a positive way. So Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to support you and your business and just thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank you. It was so good to chat with you again and I'm excited. Hopefully I'll get to come on one of the wild and holy weekends. (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) Yes. That would be great. We'll have a little Texas rendezvous now that we're both. Yes, for sure. (laughs) All right, everyone. We'll see you again soon for another episode on wild and holy radio. 